Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to anywhere, USA. Any town, well, any black town, USA. Oh, any, true. I mean. Any black, black established neighborhood, USA. Yes. I, I feel it's a, more on the southern end of things. We're pretty sure it's um, south, southeastern USA. Yes. We are doing this week Aaron's Choice, the 1943 Cabin in the Sky. And I just want to say, you're welcome. And I want to say, bravo. You're welcome. Everyone, this is an MGM musical. And that means something to classic movies. MGM in its heyday. So here you go. If you love musicals and you love MGM musical joints and classic Hollywood, hit pause, go rent Cabin in the Sky. We'll be Off waiting. iTunes. Very easy to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might be other places. I don't know. Uh, it could be. It could be on YouTube. Oh, I think it is on YouTube, actually. Um, okay. This is uh, when compulsive gambler little Joe Jackson dies in a drunken fight. He awakens in purgatory where he learns he will be sent back to earth for six months to prove he deserves to be in heaven. This was a familiar, didn't, wasn't this like uh, heaven can wait? Oh, yeah, not the one that I did, though. The, my precursor to Heaven Can Wait, only it wasn't. Oh, but he and Heaven Can... I guess I'll get into that later, because I don't really... I just remember that there was a devil, and he dies, and he's talking with the devil, and Heaven Can Wait. It and can't be as good as this devil was. I know. That's that's Anyway, that's my point, is that I don't remember anything about that Heaven Can Wait except for the devil. I will remember things about Cabin in the Sky. And I'll bet most of you haven't heard of Cabin in the Sky as I had not. But wow, it was a nice less than two hours. I'm sitting here watching this going, how, how is this not, how does this not just roll off people's tongues? How mm -hmm. is this not a celebrated, acclaimed motion picture? How is it that I've only barely remember seeing it and can't pinpoint it? How is this not like singing in the rain to me? Well, there was a big difference. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is America. Yeah. And this was the 40s, 1943. And we would like the particulars. Cabin in the Sky. It was released April 9th, 1943. So to put this in perspective... I believe the United States is at war in World War II. Mm -hmm. a, a tumultuous time. And in three years' time, the world would get to see... What was, what's that movie that I don't like? Ah, Holiday Inn. Yes, I was three years away from this. This is directed... By and one? By one, Vincente Minnelli. Minnelli? It's his feature film debut. 
He also did Meet Me in St. Louis, An American in Paris, Gigi, The Bad and the Beautiful. He had his background in theater, and I already did the first Nerd Alert. This is his first film. Yes. Another Nerd Alert, the Shine musical sequence is uncredited, but directed by Busby Berkeley. He was a famous film director and choreographer. And you know his Busby Berkeley styles because it's that old-timey kaleidoscope. Like all the, the women and their legs going around in circles. Oh. I think. Okay. I could be wrong. But it, he said he's known for his kaleidoscopes. Yeah. Produced by Arthur Freed. He also did an American in Paris. Gigi Singing in the Rain. Meet Me in St. Louis. Albert Lewis did Ready for Love, The Gilded Lily, the Broadway version of Cabin in the Sky. The screenplay is by Mark Conley. He was an American playwright, director, producer, performer, and lyricist. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for his 1930 play, The Green Pastures. Um, it was since it was based on the musical. That was also, the screenplay was also worked on by Lynn Roof, who did the play, and also Joseph Skrank. And the musical Cabin in the Sky, Vernon Duke, he was a Russian immigrant who wrote all these hits in the 1930s, like April in Paris, Autumn in New York, I Can't Get Started, Nerd Alert. In World War II, he was in the Coast Guard and he developed, he developed, he discovered a saxophone playing Sid Caesar. What? Who's a famous comedian, did your show of shows, was in it's a mad, 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 mad world. The guy's hilarious. Yes. We got, Vernon Duke discovered him. Hilarious. What? Crazy. Uh, John Latouche, he did Beggar's Holiday and the Ballad of Baby Doe. Music by Roger Edens. He was MGM's musical, uh director during their golden era so he did meet me in st louis easter parade on the town an american in paris singing in the rain the bandwagon uh he also wrote it's a great day to be irish i know that that's that has to be a huge song and played every saint patrick's day everywhere and you have some irish in you so from both parents yeah stop being racist everyone yeah yeah. I'm I'm Irish on both sides. Irish on both sides. Hence her name, Arian. Mm-hmm. Go bra. Georgie, Georgie Stoll, who is a violin prodigy. He all orchestrated the tornado scene in The Wicked Witch's Escape from the Castle in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, George Boseman, he did A Day at the Races, background music for The Wizard of Oz. The Postman always rings twice. And we have Hall Johnson. He had, um, he was known for his, he got into choral arrangements. He was an arranger guy. So he had the Hall Johnson Negro Choir. And they were world famous in the 30s. They did music on Capra's Lost Horizon, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the Disney film. When I See an Elephant Fly in Dumbo, that's him. And mm-hmm. Hall Johnson plays the preacher crow. And there's other um, people in his choir that do the crows as well. Now, the voice of Jim Crow was not Hall Johnson. That was Cliff Edward, and he was a white guy. So that's... Well, really? 
yeah and then the hall johnson negro choir also uh you know did work on song of the south and there's a really great series on song of the south on the podcast you must remember this yeah interesting the director of photography Sidney Wagner he did Boys Town The Postman Always Rings Twice Dragon Seed Dragon Seed Northwest Passage um, for which Dragon Seed and Northwest Passage he was nominated for an Oscar and edited by Harold F. Cress he got Oscars for How the West Was Won and The Towering Inferno he also cut up Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde The Greatest Story Ever Told and the Poseidon Adventure, to name a few. Mm. Now we have the cast. We have the cast. Ethel Waters stars as Petunia Jackson. Bravo, Ethel. Bravo. Here's a nerd alert. When we did Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. we watched a documentary on the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. And remember in that they showed little sammy davis jr when he was in the movie rufus jones for president ethel waters was also in that oh wow and she was in cairo she got a best supporting actress nomination for pinky i believe she was like the second black woman to ever get nominated she was also in the sound and the fury and she was also in beulah and we have eddie Rochester Anderson. He played uh, little Joe Jackson. Gravelly he, voice. He had a gravelly voice, but he was known as Rochester because that's who he played. He was Jack Benny's valet in the Jack Benny show. Yes, he was. He was also in What Price Hollywood. Remember, we, he was in Jezebel. You Can't Take It With You. Gone with the Wind. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Eddie Rochester Anderson might be the person who has appeared in the most Gone with the Bushes Ah. films. And yet, this is his, I think, one of his only leading roles. Yeah, I'll bet. Mm -hmm. Then we have Lena Horne. We have the... The Lena Horne. Lena Horne. As Georgia Brown. (sighs) She was in Stormy Weather. The Wiz, I Dude It, and some other films, but not as many as there should have been. Exactly. Which is a common theme with everyone in this film. We have a Louis Armstrong playing the trumpeter. Doing acting. Acting, being real good. I'll save it for the reheatables. Yes. Satchmo. What a wonderful world. That's Louis Armstrong, famous yeah. trumpeter, Pennies from Heaven. He was in High Society, the Glenn Miller story. In films, he often played himself because he was Satchmo. We have yes. Rich, Rich, Rex Ingram as Lucifer Jr. He, he was, was in, he was fantastic. He was in the Ten Commandments, the Green Pastures. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. This dude in 1919 graduated from medical school, Northwestern University. Damn, he's a brainiac. I was good. I would recast him in Hamilton as Aaron Burr or George, George Washington. Washington. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have <laughs> Kenneth Spencer as the general. 
he is a bass opera singer, if you could not mm-hmm. tell by his booming voice. Mm-hmm. He was also in Bataan. Is that how you say it? B A T. Bataan. Bataan. And uh, Dancing Stars and Our House in Cameroon. Hello, you have some Cameroonian in you. Apparently. I mean, I I say that not because, no disrespect. I had a dream once that my yeah. mother left my father for a man with AIDS from Cameroon. I believe we've, I believe we've tread on that on this show before. I believe we have. But then we found out today that, that Poppy has some Cameroonian in him. And so I'm saying that I didn't have a boyfriend. It was part of Poppy, and he doesn't have AIDS, so we're all good. Can we move on? It's a happy ending. (laughs) We have John Bubble Sublet. He played Domino Johnson. He created, I mean, he created, but like, I don't know how to say it. I guess he originated and helped develop the role of sport in life in... Gone with the Bush's white whale, a.k.a. Porgy and Bess. Oh, <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole again today. I'm like, why can't we watch Porgy and Bess? Because it had Oprah's list of best black films. Oprah and probably was, has it in a vault. And it was like number three. And it said, watch now. And I went, it's on Oprah's list. It says, watch now. Press content not available. Oprah? I bet she has it in a vault. If anyone can get Porgy and Best to the masses, it would be Oprah. I'm, yeah, she totally has it in a vault somewhere. I wonder if there's a reason why. We we went over, we, we did okay. the research, we just didn't retain it. It has to do with, I'm sure it has to do with rights. I'm sure it has to do with rights money. and racism. Rights, money, and racism. <laughs> Right. I'm hoping it's just money. I hope I hope that the film is just amazing, but there there might be some problematic parts to it. No, I am not if we can watch and rent The Birth of a Nation. Oh, you're right. Then You're right. The reason that we can't watch it poor again best it has to be money. It has to be money. Because it can't be oh, poor again best is too controversial. Come on. Well, that's true. <laughs> Maybe if Mike Bloomberg becomes president, he'll he'll be able to pay for it to come out of the out of lock storage. Uh, no, why don't I'm sorry, I digress. Why don't we just go with Bezos? Actually, oh, no, true. we had it right the first time. It's Oprah. Oprah can fix this for us. Well. Okay. I, I would prefer asking Oprah over <laughs> Bloomberg any day well, of the week. Just because he'd stop and frisk you first. <laughs> yeah. Other and, than that. And say that I am the reason <laughs> for the financial crisis. Okay. So are we done with the, with the particulars? No. Oh. Okay. So I was talking about John Bubble Sublet. I'm sorry. In the 1920s, he taught Fred Astaire tap lessons. Damn. That's right. Because Fred Astaire thought that he was the finest of his generation at tap dancing. And? And he had his style. He would use these 
percussive heel drops uh-huh. to add like emphasis. Whereas uh, Bill Robinson Bojangles, he had a much cleaner style to his <gasps> tap dancing. Ooh. And nerd alert. This guy, his John Bubbles, the famous chimpanzee Bubbles, is in fact named after this man. Because there's another, there's another uh, tasty nugget that is just gonna be, you know, in mind blowing. Yeah. Oh, I already know what it is. Yeah. So we're not going there yet, but you know, it's in the it's in the catalog of Bubbles. Mm-hmm. Oscar Polk as the deacon. He was in Green Pastures, Gone with the Wind, White Cargo, and Gone with the Wind. He's the one that tells her, you know, that Tara, that she's losing Tara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, yes, nice. Um, nerd, nerd alert, he was killed by a taxi driver in Times Square. He was struck by a taxi in Times oh. Square, killed. He was about to play the lead in the play Leading Lady. This was 1949, and that role went to Ozzie Davis. <gasps> Ozzie Davis. We got Ozzie Davis through we're tragedy. Gonna le- we're going to leave that right there. We're not going to make any editorial comments. This is how the world works. That's right. When when a a door shuts, a window opens. <laughs> yes. In this case, a door shutting was a man's life. But yes. I don't know how uh, uh, people aren't killed every day by taxis in New York City. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bill Bailey as Bill. We'll get to that later. We will get to him later. He is Pearl Bailey's brother. Brother, indeed. Mm-hmm. Ford Lee Buck Washington. He played the messenger. He was part of the Buck duo Buck and Bubbles. So, you know, John Bubbles and he. Um, he was also in the film Calling All Stars. We have Butterfly McQueen. We did. You cannot mistake that voice. You can't. And in a much better role this time. Much better than I. I don't know nothing about birth and no baby. I forgot to add this into my reheatables, but we'll, it'll be in the reheatables. But specifically, Butterfly McQueen has that quirky film presence of like a Rosie Perez. Yes. And... Rosie Perez has been criminally underused in her career. Yeah. Just as Butterfly McQueen was. And I just think of what it would have been like if Butterfly McQueen had just been used more. But that is a common theme of this entire film. It's just the like, oh my gosh. Film. And if that wasn't enough, how about one Duke Ellington playing himself? Yeah. Composer, pianist, leader of the jazz orchestra, the Cotton Club, Duke Ellington. You got you got Satchmo and Duke Ellington and Lena Horne all in one. And Rochester. Movie. And Rochester. So and Ethel Waters. Everybody in this film is a huge star at this time, except for Lena Horne. This was Lena Horne's first big film role. 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, she made use of it. Ethel Waters was a huge star. <clears throat> Rochester, huge star. All of these people were were. This was, this was like, MGM is making an all black cast musical. You know, if you weren't in the business and a star, you weren't getting in this film. This is like it's a mad, 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 mad world. Mm-hmm. So people watching this, when we're watching it, I'm just like, oh, cool. But people ba- watching it back then, they knew who the people were in the background. Mm-hmm. So then when they started dance, like as soon as they showed up, they were like, oh, this person's gonna dance. Whereas I'm just like, the friend just did what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he helped. Dude, well, <laughs> dude without a, a speaking part, just what? What? Excuse me? How did his foot? Talk about footwork. Yeah. So there are the particulars. Ah, well done. Okay, well, we start with a title card that says, Throughout the ages, powerful and inspiring thoughts have been preserved and handed down by the medium of legend, the fable, and the fantasy. The folklore of America has origins in all lands, all races, all colors. This story of faith and devotion springs from that source and seeks to capture those values. I was like, wow, this was 1940. So you mean to tell me that you all have known this since then? Is that what I'm is that what I'm to make of this? Yeah, I read that and went, whoa, that's 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 a handful of stuff you want to accomplish. I, I was like, wow, Manelli. Well, we hear a church bell and I had written black and white, but nerd alert, it isn't black and white. What? It is sepia toned. Oh, Manelli started it in black and white and thought, I wonder how sepia would do. And they decided sepia was preferential. I could see how sepia would be much better for um, tones. All these tones, because we got lots of tones. Yeah, because I remember when Waiting to Exhale came out in the 90s, how that was a big thing was like, that we lit it differently so that the black skin would be flawless. And I'm like, bullshit, you just shot Angela Bassett. Everyone knows her skin is flawless. Flawless (laughs) to start with. It's flawless to start with. Well, we have a black church, a black church service, because I wrote black church and I thought people would be picturing a church that is painted black. I was not, but I've seen the movie. It is a white church with black members. You seen a lot of black churches? (laughs) Is that an Ohio thing? (laughs) I just decided, well, there are some with Confederate flags on the roof. But I decided just to to enlighten our listeners. Little Joe is coming to church today. Everybody's excited. Everybody's coming into church because Little Joe's coming. (laughs) They're like, what? Excuse me? Little Joe is coming? Little Joe is dressing for work. Petunia. He's dressing for church, Ma, because he's going to church. 
What did I say? Dress her for work. Well, for Joe, it is work. He's about to well, put in a I'm shift sorry. at the church. So Petunia is uh, Ethel Waters, and she just has a look of pure joy on her face. You don't. And she's singing while she's still doing laundry, while wearing her good clothes for church and her church hat. Mm-hmm. She's still working on the laundry. So you assume this isn't her laundry. She's taking laundry in uh, um, to, uh, to make money. And she's talking to little Joe through the window, you know, get, telling him to get ready. It's almost time to go. And he's dressing for church, and he found two calamity cubes. I was, I go, we found calamity. what? I calamity. I had to rewind. Cubes. I did, to too. See. I was like, calamity what are calamity cubes? cubes? And what are calamity cubes, Aaron? They're dice. The devil's workshop. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. Calamity cubes. I'm using it. I'm stealing it. Well, Reverend Green comes because Reverend Green is at the church greeting people and he's going, little Joe isn't here yet. And he's the <laughs> the draw today. So I got to go find it. Make sure he's coming. Got to get the people what they want. So Petunia. Oh, so, okay. The thing is, little Joe is a gambler, hence the calamity cubes. And um, Petunia is so devoted to her faith that she believes when she prays, whatever she prays for is going to happen. So she prays that little Joe doesn't make money gambling because she doesn't want money that came from gambling to enhance her life. She'd rather not have an enhanced life. She'll just, I'm fine the way it is. I don't want gambling, the money to come from gambling. And She's basically using the secret. Okay. And so uh, she believes there is power in her faith. Because she prayed for him to get a job. And by goodness, (laughs) he's got a job at at the hotel. He's going to be an elevator operator. Which, that's a good job. My daddy was an elevator operator. So it's the church service and the people of the church are singing Little Black Sheep. And it's a big day because Little Joe is going to join the church today. But three men come to the church, knock on the church window to get Little Joe to come outside because... Little Joe owes him money. <laughs> you can't, you can't hide in the church, Little Joe. Uh, and at this point, Petunia thinks that Little Joe has gone up to get his dunk in. So to be baptized. Well, is he going to be baptized or is he going to join the church? Isn't that all the same thing? I I think there's differences that we cannot speak to. We're not going to go into that, but. Uh, so she thinks because he's not sitting next to her that he's gone up because there are several people who are going up to maybe have their sins forgiven or maybe, you know, be dunked or maybe 
join the church or maybe just they just feel it from the lord they feel it from the lord and they start singing and dancing and jumping well the three men back outside the church are telling little joe that, that domino jackson is back in town jo- so, johnson domino johnson oh because it's little joe jackson see yeah, and that's all because slave owners' names, Jackson Johnson. So the slaves had to take the last name of who owned them. Well, I mean, you could just take an X, like Malcolm did. Yeah. Um, and but the guys go, hey, you know what? You can play with our money that you owe us, and um, so. You can use our dice, and this time you can beat Domino. So, Little Joe, these guys, Little Joe owes money to these guys because Little Joe, he used to be super lucky and was uh, like, they would make so much money gambling. But Petunia didn't want any of that, so she started praying. And then Little Joe has, ever since then, hit the skids, and he's become ice cold. He's the cooler now. But these guys come and get Joe. And that's why he went to church. Because he's like, I, I, I can't gamble anymore. I stink now. I guess I need the Lord then. I'm done. I'm, I'm retiring. So these guys are like, no. I think it's hilarious that they get him to go when this guy's ice cold. Yeah. But he's like, go shoot but- with Domino. You're going to use our dice this yes. time. But he's like, you're going to use our dice and our money. So there's a wink, wink, our dice. But oh. little Joe didn't get it. Little Joe's quite naive. Little Joe is very childlike. Very childlike. Not only is Domino coming, but hello, sweet Georgia Brown is going to be there too. And little Joe has had an extramarital dalliance my word exactly with sweet georgia brown and you know listeners when you see sweet georgia brown you can't blame him you want to be you're you're in it you're watching the movie and you're like oh joe georgia brown how your dog how dare you and then when you see georgia brown you go well, you didn't have a choice, now did you? Well, you go, well, Lil Joe, aren't you a lucky dude? <laughs> I, you, you never stood a chance, Lil Joe. Good I, on you, though. I, I, I just want to know how he got so lucky. But um, I think the three he was lucky. forced him to go. <laughs> they forced him to go. Yeah. Well, and, and, man, Rochester's so great in this because it could easily be, Lil Joe could easily be too childlike he could easily be unlikable but you just unbelievable like how could this guy be so naive and all this but he is just played to perfection yeah by be, of just mixing all of this where you're just like wow this guy has got me i totally buy into it all right you're i i and then i even get petunia because i'm like petunia why why are you sticking around? And I'm like, I, little Joe's just got this charm. Because you, so 
at first you want to hate him because he's stepping out on Petunia, who is like the nicest, best person in the world. And, but he plays, he plays little Joe. You see how much he does love Petunia. He totally loves Petunia. Well, you see Lena Horne and you go, who's got a choice? I and, mean, and who doesn't <clears throat> also, at least my perspective when I was watching this, you know, it's 1943, just taking in subliminally what I know and stuff and, and using context clues and whatnot. She's so good. Thank you, Mrs. Robinson. Um, Joe likes to gamble. And if I were little Joe and I'm living in that time and my life is as oppressive as it is, I'd probably like to gamble too. Well, it seems you go one of two ways. You either go to gambling or something that is exciting. Mm -hmm. Or you go to church, which is an equal and opposite reaction. Because church, like she says at one time, Petunia says, you know, it's like a glow in my heart. And and that's what gambling is to little Joe, mm -hmm. a glow it's, it's in his heart. It's that excitement and stuff. It's just that one is, and we don't know how destructive Joe has been because it's not like you, we can look at, at the cabin where they live on and be like, oh, Joe, they're living here because Joe fell on hard times. It's no, they're living here because it's the 1940s and they're black. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like I didn't, when I was watching it and like Joe's gambling and stuff, I'm sure his gambling affected and hurt the family's finances but i didn't feel that the reason that they were in their financial predicament was because because joe isn't he's not an alcoholic they don't portray right. like yeah he'll drink and stuff but they don't portray him as an alcoholic they don't portray uh -huh. him as abusive they don't uh, he doesn't he's not doing drugs or anything um, no, he wasn't working and like she was working, but it, it's 1943. That's the country was just in a horrible depression and is just now coming out of that depression. Although I'm saying in the, the story, it, it doesn't say have like a fixed time because it's, you know, right, folk, right. Folklore tale and stuff. But just that's how I took it. Uh, he. You know, every character you want, they uh, an actor wants to find something likable because otherwise everybody just goes, I don't care about this character. I don't care what happens to him. And you definitely care about Joe. But he he is a loving guy. He totally loves Petunia. But, you know, he, he needs the adrenaline rush of something and he doesn't have the adrenaline rush that she gets from church. So he gets it from gambling and... Georgia no. Brown. <laughs> okay. So Petunia realizes he's not in church and she's with Butterfly McQueen. So she goes, I have a bad feeling. Something bad happened. Let's go outside. So they go outside and he's not out there. So she goes, oh, he must be at home. He would have gone home. He did not go to town gambling. I know he didn't. I know this motherfucker did not leave my side at church to go gamble. And he was really he was really gonna go up there and get the pastor to bless him and welcome him into the. He really was, and he really even after he found out 
Georgia Brown was going to be there. He was he, still going, no, i got to go he, back in there. He basically got kidnapped. I mean, they did the thing that yeah. my brother does to be joking, where they, they hook him up under the armpits and, like, absconded with him. Right, right. Then we hear gunshots, and we hear screaming, and we see people running out of a bar. Filmed, fant- I'll get into it later, but, man, for our first film, Vincente Minelli. Salmon swimming upstream, going through all the people rushing out of the bar. Then up to a crane shot. And little Joe goes, I got in a little trouble again, honey. See, how can you not love that? Collapse. I got Uh in a little bit of trouble again, honey. I was using their dice. (laughs) Well, so we're back home. He's in bed. The doctor says, I think he'll pull through, but don't talk to him right now because he's going to be out of his head. In which I'm thinking, my 2020 brain, how do you know, Doc? What sort of internal imaging system you got going on there? What's his CBCs and his chems? Hmm, Do you know, Doc? No, but it was a black doctor. But then I'm not saying it because of color. I'm saying because of time. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. But I, I thought, well, it's a black doctor. But then you go, yeah, you know, they they had to rely on whoever said they were the doctor of the community, too. Well, they were, I mean, there were there were doctors like there were schools that you could go to to become a doctor. And that right. meant that you like I actually. I was saying it from a science point of chemistry and stuff, but at the time, if I'm like, follow me through on this. Okay, everybody. The black doctor who went to medical school and graduated, I would choose a black doctor, all things equal over a white doctor of the time because the black doctor had to be twice as good and twice as smart as the white doctor to graduate because of the competition because he, uh, it's not like he I could agree. go to any school he could only go to schools that would allow him or right. he's going to like black only universities right and if you're going to a black only university then you have to your spot there's limited spots so you have to be able to beat everyone to get into that spot it's coveted just as I would go to an autistic doctor because they would be totally focused. But um, I'm saying, <laughs> who says that he even graduated from a medical school? Maybe he just, his mama taught him about some herbs and he's the only person they got right now, too. That's true. However, this is going to be problematic, but follow me on it. <clears throat> he was very well-spoken. Ouch. Meaning, oh, see, that's where I got you. And that's that's a little lesson to everyone about when you say well-spoken and stuff of what it coding, coding to. But I'm coding? just saying. Did she say coding? Coding. But I'm just saying that based on his appearance and everything, I'm like, no, that male went to medical school. Okay. We're not going to stop and frisk him. Well, he is going to, because, you know. (laughs) Okay, well, this is where it gets interesting. 
So Petunia is praying for him. And then we see in shadow Fantastic. a devil appear. Fantastic. Now, this devil is the typical stereotypical devil with the horns. We're just and a shadow. We just the, see the, the shadow. Just a shadow yeah. with the beard. Pointy beard. And the head shape. Everything is perfect mm-hmm. as the devil. And uh, he's, the devil says, little Joe, you ain't sick no more. You dead. <laughs> uh, you are speaking to Lucifer Jr. Oh, like, oh it's, a, it's Junior. Everyone knows what juniors are like. When your dad is the boss and super rich and in charge, no one wants to deal with the junior. Bad Just news. Succession, if you don't know. <laughs> Bad news. So Petunia is praying hard, and Petunia has a direct link to his dad. Not his dad. Oh, his dad's no. Lucifer. Oh, sorry, Petunia. Yeah, Petunia, she knows how to pray. She got a direct link upstairs. And then we see a bright light. <clears throat> and we see a soldier of the Lord. And he says to Petunia, that's a powerful piece of prayer. I was told to investigate, not to take uh, you, Petunia. He, uh, Oh, Petunia says, take me instead of Joe or take me with Joe. Uh, but she promises God that she'll get him back in the fold. So this soldier of the Lord has come down to say to Petunia, Oh, let's, well, not directly to her, but let's see if you can get him back in the fold. I'm just here to investigate, does little Joe go to the devil or does he go to the Lord? Mm -hmm. Um, And then somebody says, oh, the devil says, maybe you didn't know about him and Georgia Brown. Mm, the devil just be tossing all your dirty laundry out into the street. And then the devil says to little Joe, oh, BTW, we can read your thoughts. So you can say George Brown was nothing. But <laughs> when we said her name, we saw your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they were scandalous. And little Joe goes, I'm just about the most miss." Miserablest person who ever died. Well, give give it two years, Joe. Yeah. And Petunia's going, I'm hanging on to my faith no matter what. Well, so they send somebody up to get the Lord's verdict. And the Lord comes back and goes, little Joe isn't fit company for us, but because of Petunia... We're going to give him six months to make good or he's going to hell. Dun, dun, dun. But, little Joe, when you wake up, you're not going to remember all this talking that's happened over you. Oh, snap. No, they didn't. So you're going to have to just go on what you are thinking and feeling like we're, we're, it's in your hands but you don't know that it's in your hands so you just have to trust yourself and i, I 
Tell your conscience the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Uh, forgive me, isn't little Joe kind of like, well, wait a second. This, I, I know me. This, yeah. I'm, I'm, this does not sound promising for old little no. Joe. No. So, and no. then the general's like, I know little Joe, but we, I will be there trying to lead you on the right path. You just have to be willing to listen. And then the devil slides on over and says, BT dubs though, uh, I'm also gonna be in that ear of yours. So let the fireworks begin. So the rest of the time, the the agent of the Lord is on one shoulder and the devil junior is on the other shoulder of Joe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and Petunia, oh, Joe comes back and Petunia thanks the Lord and happiness is the, happiness is just a thing called Joe. She sings while she's working her fingers to the bone, doing other people's laundry. Happy and content. At this, yeah, happy with her life. At this point, the old crew comes to check on Joe. And they show Petunia the IOUs. So Joe owes one of them $4 and one of them $6. Now, you, now the, the crew is also members of the Devil's crew. Like, Lucius, who's in the crew, is the Devil Jr. Correct. And the other people are all in the Devil's crew. So there's the there, everybody has these <clears throat> dual parts and stuff. That's right. Well, she goes, you know what? He he lost this money throwing those calamity cubes. So how about I've heard of something called double or nothing. <laughs> so how about if you let me roll them calamity cubes and it's double or nothing. So I will owe you twice as much if I lose, but the the debt is paid if I win. And they're going, oh, we got us a live oh, one here. They even go and get her a pillow so she could put it on the ground and so she can kneel on it. And then she goes, I get a couple practice practice ones, right? And so they're they like, say, yeah. sure, honey, sure. So she rolls it and it's snake eyes. Isn't yeah. that bad? Yeah. And she rolls it and it's something else bad. Mm-hmm. But she, she thinks goes, she doesn't know that it's bad. And she's like, that's good. What one that? and one. I mean, two, one, two ones. That has to be great, right? Oh, no, honey. And and Joe is back over on. He's like. Oh, he's convalescing and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, but he's out of sight, but he Mm -hmm. hears all this. And he's like, no, 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 no. Okay, so then she goes, okay. Um, And then uh, the guy goes, okay, now I'm going to roll. And he rolls and she grabs him before they hit the ground. And she goes, you know what? I decided I'm going to roll him. So he had switched. Yeah, you you see it too because he takes it. Um, I forget what happens because he's not going to, so then he puts him in his pocket and then he like take like you see that he does do the something. Yeah. Of like, oh, this guy. Okay. Because also up until this point with Petunia, all we have seen is that she is super devout and prays and she's so good at praying that she often gets her way. And 
when she is like, oh, I'm gonna shoot these dice. I'm like, Petunia, what are you doing? I'm I'm just like little Joe. What are I you was doing? doing first. Oh my gosh. And then when he takes the dice out and she's like, oh no, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was like, oh, Petunia. She knew all along. Petunia had a past life. She Petunia wasn't knew. always a holy roller. And she goes, I'm dumb and lucky, but that's what you've been pulling on little Joe all this time. Mm -hmm. So the debt was settled and they, they go off. So she goes, dear Lord, please forgive me for this backsliding, mm -hmm. which lets you know she had front slided before. She was, she had a, led a life and I'm so happy that they put this scene in yes. because it made in this one scene it changed the way that you think about her character because right. you're like oh she's this goody two shoes and stuff and in this one scene you're able to go oh she knows what's up she had a past where she did some of the like i don't want to say nefarious things but just uh the opposite of what she's into now and right. that's where she went to the Lord from. So, and that's how also why she's with Joe. Because it kind of then makes sense. Because up until right. that point, you're always like, well, why are you even with this guy then? Right, right. And you're like, oh, I get it now. So she goes, dear Lord, please forgive me for backsliding. But sometimes when you fight the devil, you got to jab him with his own pitchfork. Man, that holds up. <clears throat> okay, Sometimes next scene. Sometimes you gotta uh, fight dirty. Joe and Petunia. Yeah, Democrat. <laughs> Sometimes you uh, just gotta. <laughs> okay, so Joe and Petunia are on a picnic. And he swears he's gonna be good for her from now on. She's worked her fingers to the bone for him. And so he's gonna, um, he's gonna give her a washing machine so that she can do laundry without having to kill her fingers to the bone. Yeah, man. And this is where Petunia says, the Lord gives me proof in my heart. I hear angels playing beautiful tunes. And then the song Cabin in the Sky. Mm -hmm. It's a long song. It is a long song, and I... I didn't really, this was at the point where I was starting to doze and then I would do the thing where I woke up and have to rewind it to here and then I would find myself waking up in the same spot and have to rewind it again. <laughs> we hear and this I every that, week here. I did that four times until I was like, well, I just have to watch this later. That's right. So yeah, everybody ends up showing up. The, it's This is probably one of the more classical music numbers yes it's not my favorite because there's so many more exciting yes musical yeah. numbers i was just like yeah i did fast forward through this <laughs> i i kind of did but not really i can't tell you anything about it okay well they look up into the sky and then we have flames in those sky and we go to the Hotel Hades Idea Department, <laughs> run idea by department. Lucifer Jr. and Private. <laughs> so in there, Louis Armstrong is playing his trumpet. And Lucifer Jr. Just comes in and goes, stop that, stop that, stop that. 
Pappy says, if we don't get little Joe, I'm out of a job, which makes all of you out of a job. You'll be back putting coal into the inferno down there. So you better think of something big. We got to pull something big because we got to get little Joe in hell. And somebody says, you give a man money, watch him act funny. Well, it's not somebody. It's Louis Armstrong. Oh, did he say that? <laughs> yeah. Because okay. they're like, we need ideas. And he's like, you give a man money, watch him act funny. So Lil Joe has had a sweepstake ticket on his mirror through this whole thing. So they go, we're going to fix it so that he wins the sweepstakes. He's going to have more money, $50,000. Which is so much money back then. In 1943. Um, and then he'll be uh, going out with Georgia Brown again. And, and that's going to be his downfall and he'll go to the devil. And then they laugh. It's one of the greatest laughs. So Lucifer Jr. goes to see Georgia Brown. But he's laying on her bed, but he's just an idea in her head. Mm -hmm. And it is so good because it's Lena Horne. And she is, you see him say, now you're going to go see little Joe. And you see her face go, Oh, I want to go see, see little, little Joe. Joe. And you're going to put on that midriff barren bra uh, blouse. And she puts on her midriff barren blouse. And you're going to put on your best. No, I said your, your best, best perfume. perfume. So she puts that down and puts on the other perfume. Well, at this point, little Joe is coming home with a four said washing machine and some flowers for his petunia. He's on the right path. And it's her birthday. And it's the first time in years he has remembered her birthday. And he said, all the devil has been sweat. She said, that all the devil's been sweat out of you. And Petunia has made a lunch for him. Because she was like, yeah, I mean, this lunch. been working hard to keep it from getting cold. Because I don't know where you've been. And she has, like, all these biscuits. She's got a nice spread laid out for lunch. Mm -hmm. And he shows her the washing machine, and she goes, now all we need is electricity. Well, he I says thought of that. that. I thought, is that going to work? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Petunia's crying. But it's because... Nobody got the right to be as happy as I am. Well, sometimes when somebody gives you such a wonderful gift, the tears just flow. It's true. Well, she sings the song, uh, Taking a Chance on Love. Mm -hmm. And there is a tap dancing scene that happens. There is. And then <clears throat> little Joe's at work. He's working at like a... Um, Ooh. she's thinking it's not coming to her. Her face is that rainbow circle that Max get. <laughs> loading, loading, loading. Now well, she's he, laughing okay, too so hard. He has, so they are loading up a cart of like flower sacks or seed sacks or something. Yeah. So they're 
throwing them to each They're other. That's heavy manual labor. Heavy manual labor. And a cablegram comes for little Joe. And he doesn't know what a cablegram is. Mm-hmm. And he has to sign for it, so his signature is an X. So the cablegram dude goes, I'm assuming you're going to need me to read that to you. And his pride takes over and goes, no, no, I can read it. Just because I put an X there for my signature. Yeah, he's like, the X is my signature when my secretary isn't around. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So he's just looking and looking at that, at whatever came in the cablegram. And he has no idea. So at this point, the soldier of the Lord and the devil junior come. And perch on his shoulders. One is saying that it's not going to be any good for you. Throw that paper away. And the other is saying, oh, this is the answer. What you have been looking for your whole life. Cha-ching. And he ends up throwing it away. Well, he can't read it. So he doesn't really know that. He he wouldn't have thrown it away if he could read and see you've won $50,000. Right, exactly. But since he can't read, he's just like, ah, I don't need it. Ignorance is bliss at this point. And well, the end that is, it is weird that a cable comes to you. You have to sign for it. It comes from overseas, and <clears throat> that your pride is such that you're just gonna toss it rather than I bet because I'm sure Petunia knows how to read that he's not gonna take it home. Yeah, she to reads Petunia. the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Well, he throws the ticket away. And who shows up to see him? Oh. Georgia Brown in her polka dot midriff blouse. Where her sexy lace bra shows. It's, it's I mean, it's it's Lena Horn at her Lena Horn. I was going to say Lena Horniest. <laughs> I was going to say Lena Horniest. Lena Horniest. But Lena Horniest works as well. It certainly does. Well, the Devil Jr.'s down there by the piece of paper, practically willing her to pick it up. Pick it up. He's Look blowing it on it. Pick He's like, it up. And she sees it and picks it up, and she reads it, and she knows what it is. I can read. Well, little little Joe's at home, and he's looking for Petunia, and Petunia went to the store to get him some new clothes. That Petunia, salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. And he looks and he goes, you know what? I'm going to fix this roof. This roof has been leaking for years. I'm going to fix it. And so the soldier of the Lord is going, yes. Yeah, that's yes, what I'm talking yes. about. My man. My man. I see you. <laughs> So he starts to step on a wicker chair. I'm going, don't do, don't do it. And then he uh, puts something on the wicker chair so it's not going to break. And Oh, no, I thought that it was because I was like, wicker chair, it's going to break. Wah, wah, slide whistle. But then when he goes to eat the, the something to put it down, I was like, oh, he's not concerned about it breaking. He's concerned about leaving his footprint on yeah. the furniture. Me too, because I thought it was, yeah, fix it so it doesn't break. But no, it was mm-hmm. put something down so my feet don't show. Because remember, he's quite naive. Mm-hmm. And he reaches up there, you know, like so many of us do. Oh, I need to fix the, oh, this. Oh, I'm too tired to deal with this. <laughs> I'll do this tomorrow. Which is why my 
shower ceiling looks the way it does. <laughs> it so does. It, he goes out to the hammock. And Lucifer is laughing. Lucifer's got it. Well, Georgia is walking up. She has this funky hat on that looks like a helmet almost tied under her chin. Mm -hmm. She takes that off and gets a magnolia blossom off the magnolia tree and puts that in her hair. Oh, wow. With that polka dot midriff blouse, the skirt and those shoes she had on. Now, if I try to do something like that, like... Oh, here's a flower. I'm gonna put it in my hair. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna try to look cute. I would pick the flower that had all the ants in it. Yes, you would. And I would not realize it until. Yes, you would. I would, and then then I would then I'll have a, like a hilarious freakout moment. Yes, as well as then you'd be sneezing because you're allergic to the flower too. <laughs> yeah, everything would swell up. I get all this mucus. Stuff will be coming out my nose. I'm twitching because I got uh, twitching and itching because I got uh, ants all over me. And then You'd the be guys... looking like Edward Norton in uh, Motherless what? Brooklyn. So, but it did, that, did, that worked out quite well for her. Well, I'm not Lena Horns. <laughs> <laughs> Is you happy without seeing me? Well... At this point, it's been an hour, so I stop nice. with the um, setting the table. But so it is the devil and the angel on both sides of little Joe. Where, how is this going to end? Mm -hmm. Not good right now because Lena right. Horn is if, in his hammock. This is a great time for you to stop and go watch it because from now on, there's going to be spoilers. It's good. It's really, really good. It is. It's I a good time. I, I can't believe how this isn't just more well-known from people who are like MGM Musical, Cabin in the Sky. It's a fantastic time. It's a good time. It's such a good time. It's okay. 1943. I, do you know what I was expecting like an all black cast in 1943. Yeah. Directed was... like all the filmmakers are white people, white guys. I'm like, ah, this could go horribly wrong. It, yeah. And I thought uh, it's going to be kind of boring. There's no boring to it. Joe has one liners all the way through it. His line delivery of things. At one point he did like the quote. There's always a, you might notice that there's always a quote. Um, he, Ethel goes to get his hand. This is when he's quote dead. And Ethel's like, uh, Petunia goes, oh, your hands, they're cold. And he's sitting on the bed. And he's like, of course they are. I'm dead. <laughs> I was just busting up laughing. He, everyone in this gives just great one liners in these he performances. Does. And you're like, where was the sequel? Why were, oh, these guys must've been in so many more movies there's so much more that they could do. Louis Armstrong like steals the scene where it's the, the ideas. He comes up with the idea and nobody listens to him. And then the, the Lucifer gets the idea. And if just watch his face of like, why didn't anybody come up with the idea of that face where it's the thing where I said that motherfucker. And, <laughs> and then you just see his face too. I'm just like, man, 
what we have been cheated out of. Then dude, who has obviously been smoking some marijuana, comes up from the couch and goes, I got an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly the idea they've already talked about. Okay, well, we are to our people of European descent count. None None of y'all are in this movie. Not even alluded to. The only alluded to um, other people is the the poverty that the, the black characters are in. That right. it's just the the outside oppression of why they have their lot in life. So it's not as if there's no people of European descent presence on the film. It's just implied on the outside as a just constant pressure. Oppression. <laughs> okay, you've done many nerd alerts. Um, do you have more? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, the script was submitted to the NAACP prior to production because they, oh. because one of the reasons that this film got made was because of organizations such as the NAACP and other or other organizations like, um, yeah, just other organizations by all different kinds of people and colors and races saying, where's the diversity? Where's the representation from Hollywood films? Why can't we have something for us? This is what we're still saying. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, 1943. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they submitted it because, you know, they didn't want to, they, they just were like, hey, we don't, we're trying to just make, a folklore kind of film and this is what it is you know here you go and so the NAACP in 1943 there's of course there's going to be stuff we're going to get to in reheatables but they're like just thank you yes please please just make this with an all-black cast um Lena Horne there was it was in a bathtub there's a bathtub no a uh, song yes she sings ain't it the truth she's in the bathtub and that song was cut because for a black woman to be in the tub singing seemed to cross moral lines in 1943 bubbles everywhere there's so many you can bubbles. see it now you can YouTube. because it was included in they had those movies called like that's entertainment and so in one yes. of the That's Entertainment, yes. they used the footage. So you can see it on YouTube. It, it's great because it's just Lena Horne in a bathtub, but there's bubbles. It's not like like you see one clavicle. <gasps> Risque. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. You want to take down the world, show a black woman in a bathtub singing. Yeah. <laughs> so revolutionary. Um, and then the second performance of that song, Ain't It the Truth, was a performance by... Uh, Armstrong and that was also cut and that's why Louis Armstrong doesn't have any numbers in this because I was kind of surprised by that I was like oh Louis Armstrong so we're gonna get a Louis Armstrong no nothing huh yeah so it got cut I guess it got cut maybe because it didn't make sense for after Lena Horne's song got cut to just shoehorn it in so yeah The tornado that's in this film, it was reused from The Wizard of Oz. And you knew it as soon as you saw it. I've seen that tornado before. 
And so this was released the same year as two movies we've already done, Casablanca and Heaven Can Wait. And the nerd alert about this part is Dooley Wilson, who is in Casablanca, I believe like the only person of color in a film set in Northern Africa, if memory serves Uh me correct. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. He originated the role of Little Joe on the Broadway production of Cabin in the Sky. And he wasn't considered a big enough star to play Little Joe. That's why they went Uh. with Rochester. And then the irony is that Casablanca comes out the same year and he's a huge star. And he would have been a big enough star to be. But he wouldn't have... Like, you know what I mean? Because because he didn't get cast... He didn't get... To do Cabin in the Sky, he got to do Casablanca. Right. So. Okay. We are two reheatables. Okay. Okay, well, um, there is some stereotypical grammar used, but then you go, well, is is that how they actually would have been talking to each other and... So that was yeah, because it's kind of like because we did Boys in the Hood last week. So mm-hmm. in eighty years, it's somebody that's doing the same thing that we're doing, watching Boys in the Hood, gonna go, oh, they're using that inner city dialect. Yeah. Oh, ebonics. Well, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, but no. <laughs> but. You know, the the vernacular. Is that what vernacular, vernacular is? Of the time. Yeah, the exactly. vernac- they're using the vernacular of the time and how vernaculars of the time don't age well. Right. So it's one of those things because, like, even when you were doing it about the, oh, me's gonna, you know, like, I, just, right. I cringe at it. Right. But then I don't know if that's my 2020 brain looking at it. And if it was 1943, it would be the same as like us watching Boys in the Hood and being like, well, no, that's that's how they're that's how they talking. Spoke yeah. That's what, yeah, that was my question as well. Um, because also, like, as we said, though, this was unlike Boys in the Hood, which was made by John Singleton and, you know, black filmmakers. This was made by all white yes. filmmakers. So there is that added. And the of, was written by white people. Yeah. Of like, is it or is it? Like, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I'm just going to take That's this That's how one. I was too. And it was just, um, some of it was more uncomfortable than others because it seemed a little, um, pre- a little fresh, like, like, not stressed, not pressed, but like patron, like strained, like or patronizing, yeah, like forced, forced, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, but is that the forced of 1943, or is that the forced of like white filmmakers trying to, right? Like, yeah. So I don't know. And then there were there were the stereotypes of of the the naive black person and the extremely religious black people, but. This is, it's a, the type of movie it is, is it's a, a, it's like a gospel play. Yeah. And a folklore. And so those tend to be very, those stories tend to be very broad. 
yeah, in how and they're good told. versus evil. Yeah. Totally good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I always have an issue with. Like, so Petunia's prayers are answered because she prays the right way or she prays hard enough or she prays good enough <coughs> because there are people who are equally good whose prayers aren't answered. So who decides whose prayers are answered and whose aren't? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, <coughs> but that's, that's sort of what this, this movie is like these kinds of stories. Um, their their intent is to be like see if you if you walk the walk and you do this then you're then it then everything will be as it is but right. which i always think it, it's like if that gives you comfort okay but it should just be that you put like it you get what you give so if you're putting out goodness and trying to just be good for goodness sake, then what you get will in return will be good. But it isn't like the, I guess like because she's praying and that, that it's for her because I don't, I didn't get that. Although the devil does comment that she does pray really well. But I mm-hmm. felt that the reason that she prayed really well was because she had lived such a different life and had turned it around so that her prayer added the she walks with the walk. And I don't I don't associate this with like in real world. I just am like this in the movie, how it's okay. set up. <laughs> I'm not like I'm saying so her prayer is worth more than you know somebody else's prayer who prays that their son doesn't get killed by gunfire or uh or somebody his wife doesn't die of cancer or the prayer that we never see her pray which is oh lord why are my people treated so horribly Right. Why is this, you know, they're How about fixing this oppression situation? (laughs) Yeah. How about that? Like, no, this is just, this is just, it's this movie. This falls into just straight movie. Okay. But it, okay. When we get to my, I'll get to that. Okay. Okay. So your negatives. Um, like the, the women's roles and stuff, like how she has to do everything that hasn't aged well. A lot of the stuff that hasn't aged well is the same stuff that has that doesn't age well with all the movies that, that mm-hmm. we do from this time period. Um, that there's no musical number for Satchmo, and then later yeah. I read like he had yeah. one, but it was there cut. was one, but it was cut. Uh-huh. So when I was doing my research for this, like every because I go in, I'm like the analysis of the film, and everybody says. Like within the first sentence of this movie is about how like problematic it is and how there's stereotypes and everything within the first sentence of it, which was so not my experience watching this film that I was like, oh man, did I, did I miss all of the racism and stuff? Like, cause everybody was just like, oh, the, the racism and all of this and the, and the stereotypes and so I had to do some investigating because Mm -hmm. 
I just found that it was really interesting that the film about the all black cast in 1943 with that was directed and it it's not like stormy weather where it was just like numbers and stuff and there was no right. story. Like when we get to the good reheatables, I'll talk about it more. That it it had excellent filmmaking. That it's an excellent film, an all black cast. The only hint of like, you know, white people is just the implicit oppression that the people face under that. But that's not even in it. So the battery heatable would be how content they are with their life because the film came out in 1943. America was at war. So it was important to show a unified front. And that meant showing, you know, black people fine with how they were, which is, that's not really what this film is about, but it's what it shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then you also think of where they are from where their parents and grandparents had been. Mm-hmm. So they're going, this ain't bad. And also, you know, with films like The Godfather and Goodfellas, there's a lot of Italian-Americans who are like, wait, like, that's stereotypical and stuff. Like, that's... Right, right. You know, like, not all Italian-Americans are like this. But nobody's saying that they wish that The Godfather and Goodfellas hadn't been made. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, when I was reading about the, like all of the, the synopsis and stuff, I got the feeling that these weren't written by black people, that it was one of those things where it was somebody else kind of putting their feelings on it of like... Oh, the woke people. Yeah, because the prop... Like, it's not like this film is problematic free because it's not. It's set in 1943. Right. And it is, it's not presenting like the injustness of what black life was. Right. But it is a major motion picture at the height of their game. MGM produced an all black cast musical. Right. And there isn't any black face in it. There was nothing. I kept waiting for something that was going to make me cringe. Right. And I didn't didn't. see anything. If you're talking about like, oh, well, he's child, like little Joe is childlike and naive. I'm like, but there are childlike and naive people. Right. And Ethel, I mean, yeah, Ethel's character, she had a backstory. Right. And even Georgia Brown, she wasn't. She was, um, like she, like I didn't hate her. It wasn't like she was just gold digging and the woman her. just going after the guy. And even the guy who was, um, Domino, you know, who he had a uh-huh. whole number about shine and he was such a charismatic bad guy that there was nobody in this film who was what you would call stereotypical, but the film itself is one of those morality tales where it's good versus evil right so they are like simplifying people in to play these different Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. i so the more i think about it the more i'm questioning how everybody has to say in the first minutes like there's some issues with this because when i was doing research about holiday inn like everybody said oh this is a fantastic film but there's this one scene, but it was the times and stuff. Whereas right. you're reading about this film and everyone's bending over backwards saying how problematic it is and how racist it is. And I'm like, I, 
yeah, there are issues in it, but <laughs> man, I would have liked to see more of these, honestly. Right. right. So <clears throat> that yes. Okay. Good reheatables for me. Mm-hmm. Lena Horn. Yeah. I mean, just spend some time with Lena Horn. The Consequences song. I yes. love the Consequences song. Yeah, you do this. Here are the consequences because young people don't know about consequences. Well, and you're young and you don't. That, that That's just, that's the circle of life. But as a substitute, I'm not allowed to teach them the consequences of being a little jerk to me. I'm not allowed. No, nobody's allowed to teach anybody <clears throat> about consequences anymore. Uh, this could be problematic, but the way they made the horns for the devils. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so perfect. It was like when my brother he used to have this nervous thing where he would twist part of his hair. And so his he would have this one part of his hair that would stick out more than the rest of his hair. Because it wasn't like a cow lick, you know, because it's curly. So it was like he had one little afro sticking up out of another afro. <laughs> we had a, like a knob afro. Oh, my God. It was genius. It was. I thought that was genius. Probably some people will say that's racist and problematic with the black hair situation. I thought it was genius. Don't worry, Ma. Hold my beer on the problematic issues. I just located another note I found. Uh-oh. Okay. So no one will remember your problematic devil horns for what I'm about to say. Okay. Okay, I got two more positive reheatables. The dancing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go into a really interesting, tasty nugget, people. And Duke Ellington. I mean, my God. The dancing is so athletic. <clears throat> it's yeah. like, how are you doing that? Yeah, it and is. At one point when, like, the scene where they come in and, it's, and Duke Ellington is doing the orchestra because they're at Paul's, like, you know, house of debauchery. Right. The guy comes in and just throws the woman over the table and yeah. she lands and they just start dancing. Yeah. It yeah. reminded me of um remember in Malcolm X when they put on the, the suits and how they like come in. It was almost like exactly the same when when little because he's when Malcolm X's character is known as little and Spike Lee's character, they're in their suits and they walk in and they do the whole like dancing like that and stuff. I was just like, whoa. I don't remember that. I just, it was just really on point dancing. Okay, your positive reheatable. Oh, but I have to go back real quick to a negative reheatable. Okay. I don't even know if it's a negative reheatable. It would just be an observation. Okay. Because you hinted to it before when, like, you saw the devil. Yes. And it was the, like, perfect devil and stuff. And then when they do the reveal and the devil is a black man... I, I did audibly to no one, but out loud go, huh? <laughs> because I, was, I thought for sure the devil was a white man. Well, probably in real life. But <laughs> every time the devil visits me, it's a white man. <laughs> but 
But then the um, the soldier of the Lord is a black man too. Well, no, so I knew that the soldier of the was, Lord would be the black man, but I was just like, or, or, I was like, oh, that okay. would have been hilarious. But they wouldn't have gotten those horns. No, and it wouldn't have been an all black cast, which exactly. I completely appreciate. And I loved the guy that played the devil. I was like, yes. you know what? I know that the devil is not a black man, but yeah, you did play if the you were of that. Yeah. Bravo acting. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Okay, my good reheatables. Man. Vin- For his first film and an all-black cast, you cannot say that Vincente Minnelli phoned this one in. No. Because, so he came from a theater background. So there is staginess to it. Like the final scene where they ascend up the stairs, I'm like, that's that theater background. But he was also very cinematic. There's that continuous shot at the very beginning when they're seeing little black sheep and it's all one shot and it's just a zigzag of through the congregation of everybody doing the solos. But as they're doing the solos in front of them, news is spreading. Everybody's going, little Joe's here, little Joe's here. And it's just zigzagging back until you get back to it with all the solos and stuff. I'm like, this is fantastic. This is 1943. This is great camera work. Then you also Excellent. have the when the crowd is when they hear the shots and like you said it was the salmon going upstream it's just like this dolly shot and then it goes up to this crane shot and everybody's coming out everybody comes out and it's these swinging doors and the last person out is Domino Johnson and he he does a little look straightens his tie and walks out and then it, the door swings open and then you get little Joe going. I got into some trouble and collapsing. I was like, yeah. fantastic. The devil's shadow. Yes. It was great. Yes. There was like a, just a lot of great camera work in here. Just a first time director. And I really appreciated that, you know, Minnelli, he could have easily been like, man, this is my first time, you know, he didn't have a, a whole bunch of money to do the movie. He could have just phoned it in, just been like, all right, it's just this, this, let them do their thing. But I appreciate that he he brought his directing hat to this and was like, I'm going to make a great film. Um, I love the calamity. Yeah, I love the calamity dice. Calamity. Calamity, calamity cubes. cubes. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. When I rented the film... I love the poster. I don't think that was the poster that was the original poster, but I think that that poster is fantastic. I have to go back and look at it. It's the one that's on iTunes. I'm like, wow, that is super cool. I just, I really like it. it Um, like I said, the cast. It just made me sad that that. Everyone in this film just could have, like, just what could have, should have been. It it just reminds me of that whole thing with, like, if you're a minority, how you have to be twice as good. Mm-hmm. Because these people are incredible. And this is, this is the biggest movie for most of the people yeah. in this. That, that they didn't just go. It, it's crazy. I realized that Olivia Coleman has ethel waters energy i don't even know if she realizes that but she has complete ethel waters energy 
she does make you instantly like her because when you, she wins an academy award or when she's giving an academy award you just instantly like her there was just something about i was just like man why is there something like familiar because i don't want to say that it's not that she's not attractive i mean she's not lena horn and she's not this waif of a woman but there's just something about her that like brings you in and then all her different her facial features and all her different things and i was just like man you know what <sighs> olivia because i was gonna say like oh she's got olivia coleman energy but that's not right because she was the original she was there right. before i'm like olivia, olivia coleman, coleman has, has ethel waters, waters energy yeah um <laughs> i like in the what we're gonna get to in the tasty nuggets but i like joe's dance <laughs> because that's how i dance <laughs> It's this weird, like, why are his feet just doing this weird shuffle kind of thing? Like, that, that is my move when I am cooking and I got my socks on. That is how I get down. So, those were my good reheatables. In your orange Allbirds at your brother's wedding. Yeah. Just... Okay, MVP. Okay. Well, my runner-up is the horns out of hair mm-hmm. but my mvp is ethel waters in the club oh oh when my she broke God. bad she comes in to make little joe jealous and it is masterful that's pretty good yeah my mvp is also an ethel Waters scene it's the scene where she takes the dice and you first oh, realize, yes. oh, oh, Petunia had a past. Yeah. 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 So really, MVP Ethel Waters. Yes. She's so, I know that people, like the easy recast would be like, oh, Queen Latifah. And no disrespect to Queen Latifah. But Ethel Waters was like that was my hardest recasting because she was just so much. I feel just more dynamic and I don't just again no disrespect to Queen Latifah, but just just uh, uh, elevated just a little bit higher, just taking it to that next level. I'm so glad I didn't cast Queen Latifah. I thought for sure that you would have. No, I, I'm pretty happy. I have two casts. Oh, I just have the one. I, I have a cast where, so I redid, you know, uh, gender roles the same. And then I have a cast where I reversed the gender roles. Oh. So my original one, <clears throat> I'm going to start with Domino. Mm-hmm. Domino is Rick Fox. (laughs) (laughs) And the deacon, uh, 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 the soldier of the Lord. The general? Yeah, the Uh general is Blair Underwood. Oh. I had him first as Lucifer, but then I moved him, which just shows how diverse he is. He is diverse. He can do both. Because my Lucifer is Michael K. Williams. Oh, he would be a real good devil. He would be such a good devil. He would be a good devil. 
Yeah. Some might say he already played the devil in the wire, but it would be real He good. had some redeeming qualities, is Omar? Yeah. I don't think, I, this could be controversial. I think that what makes the devil so dangerous is that the devil isn't just the straight devil. Right. You know? Right. He's charming as well. Even the devil can quote the scripture. Yeah. Okay, my Georgia Brown. Mm. Beyonce. That's such a great Georgia Brown. (laughs) Thank you. She was the first one of this cast I came up with. So my little Joe had to be somebody who could play quite naive, but also you had to really like him. He had to be really likable. Super likable. So I went from last week's cast and put Cuba Gooding Jr. as little Joe. Cuba Gooding Jr. now? Because he's... Not not, not problematic, Cuba Gooding. Oh, okay. Everybody has to be problematic. My Petunia. Yes. Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, she would be a good Petunia with Cuba Gooding Jr. That's pretty good, Ma. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I only have one cast, so do you want to do your other one? Uh, It's up to you. It's up to you. I'm going to go with my reverse gender cast. Okay, nice. So my domino is Alfre Woodard. Oh, she would be such a good domino. <laughs> my deacon. Keep that glass up to your mouth, baby. Oprah. <laughs> yes, just dare to go against her. Just dare. Oprah is my soldier of the Lord. So <laughs> that is fantastic. I was pretty proud of that. So to that, my Lucifer Jr. is... Gail. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> no, I, I support, so good. I support Gail. I was only saying that because just because of Gail and Oprah that I thought that would be I know, funny casting. I no, I didn't even think of that, but that's funny. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, is Robin Givens. Oh yeah, what, how, oh. what has she been up to? I, we didn't we see her in something, something in the recently. not so recent past, <clears throat> and it and it was nice. It was like, oh yeah, like you are really good at at just being sly and exactly. Yeah. So my Georgia mm-hmm. is the male that who is, that is everybody's whole past. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I knew. Come on, come on! You couldn't resist him. (laughs) Nobody can resist him. You can't blame little Joe. I thought you you were gonna go controversial and go uh, Chris Helmsworth. No, because because keeping but you're keeping it all black. Because you know what? We don't have to go Chris Helmsworth. We got us some Idris. I do have Idris. So my little Joe. Who you love to hate, Halle Berry. 
That's how you love to hate. Well, because little Joe is, he does bad things, but you still love him. Who is Petunia? I haven't told you oh, Petunia. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. okay, so Halle Berry is off here with Idris because you can't help it. And who wouldn't want to see that? But but the the God fearing praying person that you truly love at home is Wayne Brady. <laughs> Wayne Brady as Petunia. <laughs> he man, he would kill the singing numbers in this. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, Wayne Brady, Halle Berry, Idris Elba. You could totally see it. I could see it. You could see what Wayne Brady loved about Hallie and couldn't let go of. Yeah. And you kind of forgive her for being with Idris because who could not? <clears throat> That's good. And she gets shot by Alfre Woodard. And Robin Givens is on one shoulder and <laughs> Oprah's on the other. That's good. Thank you. <sighs> and your cast well I went back to that well and I did an all time cast I thought you would it's just so because it's at the water's fault I was like well we don't have an actually it isn't at the water's fault it's uh Rochester's fault because I was like well we don't really have a Rochester but then when I thought about it all right, so I guess I'll go in the opposite order like you did. Yes, because Petunia has to be your last person. So my domino is um, Ocean's Eleven era Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Scoundrel. Let him do that shine number. I'd, I'd, mm -hmm. the, I'd pay money to see that any day. The General... Who was the Lord's soldier? I believe you referred to him as the deacon. That would be young James Earl Jones. Oh, wow. You yeah. get that voice. He can out Oprah, Oprah. Mm hmm. So for Lucifer, I got, remember from The Wire? Isaiah Whitlock Jr. He played Senator Clay Davis, also known as the guy who would go, she oh yes 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 i love him yeah he's the devil he's lucifer jr oh my she. god he'd be so good oh he would be so good oh, oh i would i would love to make this all-time movie <laughs> all right georgia brown so my georgia brown my first go-to but see, I was trying to think of it like in the in the music, so they they have to be able to do the music. Oh, see, thing. I didn't do that. So, cause right like right off the bat, I was like Georgia Brown, Boomerang era Halle Berry. I was like boom. Yeah. But yeah. then when I was like, I was like, no, well the musical, I'm like I I she could probably do it. I don't put anything past Halle Berry. But I was like, but what about Janet? era janet jackson. jackson when she was in the gym for eight hours a day and she had yeah. the abs and stuff yeah i was like yeah she would yeah, be a good she georgia has to be brown able to put on that midriff top uh-huh so then my joe 
I was like, you know, I think, you know, who I think Effie would be a fantastic Joe. Current Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Because he's older now, mm-hmm. but he still has that like likability, mm-hmm. but he will also bring like, I think he would kill the part. Mm-hmm. He could bring the naivete. Yeah. And you would mm-hmm. still like him, even though, like, you'd be like, he's being seduced by Janet-era Janet Jackson. Yeah, like, ooh, yeah. You know? You can't blame him. Which brings me to my Petunia. Harlem Knights-era Della Reese. Oh. Which is very similar to Octavia Spencer, truth be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that same vibe. But just, just can have that vibe and can just, but I mean, not to put it into a comparison, but I just really feel like at the waters had just such a different, just slightly different thing that I am the, the, like what I'm really taking away from this is just being cheated out of what else. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because. When she was praying, the look of just peace and pure joy on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Like she could have been. But then she goes into the club as a badass and she's a total badass. Well, what about when they're doing the, the, we keep teasing it that we get to later. But remember when she was singing the song in the kitchen Mm-hmm. And then, and like he does his part, Rochester does his part, and then like before the dancing, and she sings, and then she like she goes somewhere else with her voice because she's about to get dirty with it, mm-hmm. and Joe's like Petunia, and like mm-hmm. stops her and stuff. I would like, oh man, just I got tingles from that. Oh like mm-hmm. oh, and and that he just like cuts it off because it goes back to that whole dice scene. And like the past that she has led. And so then when she goes back into the, you know, at the end, when she breaks bad, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back to where yeah. I was. Yeah. Y'all must not know about me, but I, I can't really think of anyone now who could. And also though, the scene it is also the, because yeah, like Octavia Spencer's fantastic, but I don't know if, she has that vocal range right, of what right. Ethel Waters, because Ethel Waters, Ethel, well, we'll get to it, Tasty Nuggets. Okay. Okay, well, we're ready for Tasty Nuggets. Okay. Ethel Waters was the first black woman to integrate Broadway in 1933. So, and at one point, she was the highest paid Broadway star. So she was huge. I think we underestimate how huge of a star that she was back then. What was she in in Broadway in the beginning? Oh, I didn't, I didn't write it down. Okay. Um, Minnelli wanted the honey and the honey comb. He wanted to switch songs from the original mm-hmm. and the honey and the honeycomb was a ballad and Lena Horne wanted it to be a dance number. Mm hmm. But the honey in the honeycomb was 
originally supposed to be i don't know he wanted to switch them between the two roles like the songs but lena horn broke her ankle and so that's why it became a ballad because if you notice like at the end of the movie how she's sitting down and stuff oh yeah so she broke her ankle and then so she got to sing it the honeycomb song as a ballad and then uh waters as petunia got to do the dance number that's why she got to dance in 1939 ethel waters was the first african-american to star in her own television show it was a 15-minute variety show that was on nbc wow Mm -hmm. uh rochester he was into racehorses as a hobby, and he was the first African-American owner of a racehorse in the 1943 Kentucky Derby. Yay! He was also the owner of Pacific Parachute Company. It was an African-American-owned and operated business that provided parachutes for the Army and Navy, and that was during the war. Well done. Yeah, he was a really good businessman. He also had an idea to, he saw like what Vegas was going to be and he wanted to make a hotel and casino for black people. Mm. And he just couldn't get the funding together. And then when the Moulin Rouge opened, they invited him and it was kind of bittersweet for him because he was like, this was what I was saying. Yeah. Um. He was also, in 1946, he was feared lost at sea because he had a cabin cruiser and the engine failed. And so he and his buddies on it, they were they did like the mirror and all the stuff to do like SOSs. And a fisherman found them and uh, towed them back to the L.A. Harbor. Wow. And when he got back, he was hearing news stories about like, because it isn't like now or the internet and everything. People were just like, we may have lost Rochester. Mm. Um, in the 1940s, many cities, particularly in the South, refused to show films with prominent black performers. July 29th, 1943, in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, they pulled the, the sheriff pulled the movie after 30 minutes. Because a, oh. a crowd of people had gathered outside. Oh my god! Hey, if you don't like the movie, don't go see it. But you're like, no, we cannot play. We can't even play such a thing. Right. It makes you sound so weak and yeah. just scared that you can't well, even. Well, they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, happiness is a thing called Joe's nominated for best original song. Do you know if it won? It just said nominated, so I'm assuming it didn't. When they were filming, the studio manager told the cast that they could not eat at the MGM commissary. Right. And then the studio head, Louis B. Mayer, he heard of it, and he invited all the performers to his private dining room. And then the next day, everyone was allowed to eat at the cafeteria. Yeah, so I didn't hear a lot good about Louis B. Mayer, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm glad that he, because I was, when I started reading it, my mind was like, ah, yeah, that sucks. But then then he was like, "Uh, excuse me, they're part of the MGM family. I don't know if it was just the, (laughs) I also don't know if it was just the cast. Right, right. (laughs) They're like, oh, 
but I guess, you know what? It was just the cast because it wasn't like they had black no. grips or so. What yeah. am I? What am I talking? The foolish grip Aaron. wasn't a black person. Yeah, fo- so. Foolish, foolish, Aaron. What am I saying? Yeah. What am I saying here? Yeah. And I'm sure he had Lena Horn on the top of that list. I heard that. It's weird. Vincente Minnelli. I think people were like, oh, is he gay? Or I guess he was bisexual because I heard that he had an affair with Lena Horne during this film. And this is prior to him getting with Judy Garland. This is pre-Judy Garland. Yes. So. Well, if if he were gay, you can totally understand the Judy Garland thing. Well, he could have just been bisexual. Yeah, probably. He was just like, have you seen Lena Horne? Yeah. Okay, is that all of yours? Those are my tasty nuggets. Well, Bill Bailey, when he's doing his dance, you yes. know what I'm going to say. I was saving it for you. It, he did the moonwalk. This is the first record, record of someone on film doing the moonwalk, but as he, Bill Bailey referred to it, the backslide. The backslide. Man, Bill Bailey, what an athlete. What yes. a dancer. He just comes in. So he's the guy that um, when they deliver the washing machine to Petunia and they're, she's singing the, the song. What song is it that they're singing? It was the one that I was just talking about. And they're just in the kitchen. And that's why I'm saying, like, you see this guy in the background and everybody knows watching in 1943 oh that's bill bailey but to me i don't know who he is right and then he just busts out and this guy just comes in the the kitchen and just starts doing this tap number and then does on the moonwalk and i was like what in the world yeah i need to go back and watch it again i did too because he also does this it's funny i didn't register the moonwalk until i read it and then went back to watch it because the thing that stuck out to me in that dance is when he does this thing where he kicks his leg out but then the leg behind it kicks and out kicks and he's doing that thing and it just looked like a move that sean t would put on like the impossible (laughs) insanity edition because i'm just like my god how is he doing that yeah yeah, it was really good. Hey, I totally enjoyed it. It was a good less than two hours of entertainment, good versus evil, really good performances. And we've done a lot of other movies that will make you cringe a lot more. It isn't. It's, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's made in 1943. So there's going to be the 1943 isms about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. We've done so many things that have been way more offensive. Way more problematic. Than this. So I was a little, like, we went over just like, what are you guys talking about? I did try to go down the rabbit hole of the black culture and religion. Because black culture, yeah. But um, because the research I did was saying how um, black culture has is far more religious than white culture. Oh, completely. But it also, <coughs> you find that it made sense because when you're in that, 
not that it made sense, but just like, I, I get where it comes from. But then I also have the other question because I get where it comes from being that you're in this horrible, horrible position and you right. just need Total something oppression. outside of you that gives you light and joy and a reason for waking up in the morning. Exactly. And a feeling. You got to have something to hold on to. You have to have something to hold on to. And you have to have something that you know loves you when everything that you're told and shown and given is that you're not worthy of love or anything. Exactly. There has to exactly. be something that is like, no, you are my child. You are loved. But on the other hand, that it's a whole religion that came from the people that was oppressing you. Right. But then I guess because that was the only thing that was acceptable because you wouldn't be allowed to keep your traditional African no, religion exactly. and that that sort of hope. So, well, this is what came from the oppressor. This is the only thing I'm allowed to do. But you know what? I'm going to take it and I'm going to make it mine and I'm going to hold on to it because I'm allowed to hold on to it. Right. It's very uh, yeah. interesting. But I but none of the the research that I was doing and it wasn't extensive was I wanted it to go back to slave times and none of the research I saw was going back to slave times. I think you have to go there's this whole so the New York Times magazine so who's doing the 1619 project? Cuz that's a big thing. I think it's like the New York Times magazine. It's some New York like magazine. I like Google it because it's this whole thing where they're like six. I believe sixteen nineteen was the time when the first black slaves like stepped foot in Virginia. Oh, okay. And I've seen commercials for it with like Janelle Monae in Virginia, and she's like this. Hmm. And and they've done exhaustive research, so I would be surprised if they didn't include that. Because mm -hmm. Poppy's ancestry just found out that. Some of his ancestors came in through Virginia. I'm like, where would they? Plymouth Rock? Well, <laughs> well but it was it was Virginia and the others came through New Orleans. So, hello. Yeah, I think they came to Virginia and then were sold and sent on their way south. Right, right. Well, okay, so this was A Cabin in the Sky and well worth our time. I feel like it should be more famous than it is, and I'm just yes. I'm I'm just disappointed. Well, but I'm used to it. It's a, it's a feeling yeah. I I'm very familiar and unfortunately very comfortable with. Thank you. So next week, we're doing a puppy choice. <gasps> puppy did some research. How interesting. It's a 1949 movie. 1949. Mm -hmm. It's directed by Illy Kazan. Oh, wait. It has been mentioned already in this podcast. Yeah. Oh. He took over for John Ford. It's Ethel Waters is in it. Is in it. Yes. It's pink. Pinky. Pinky. It's Pinky. Well done. Which then I was going down the rabbit hole of, was this the precursor of Imitation of Life? Or was Imitation of Life the precursor of Pinky? 
Because it's sort of on the same lines. Well, there, <laughs> there weren't too many like film ideas that they would do for uh, black people in movies. I think it's, I know we're going to get to it, but just, I, it's stuck in my head because, you know, we did John Ford and how he's, well, it was, uh, well, with John Wayne and I'm reading the Maureen O'Hara biopic, Tis Herself. And so John, how is that? It's fantastic. She's a great storyteller. And John Ford is in it a lot because she's talking about him and she really liked him. But I'm like, well, yeah, you're both Irish and stuff. Because I've I've heard from other people like Spike Lee and stuff how like, yeah, John Ford, not an ally. And so that's why it made me laugh that John Ford was on this movie, but he got replaced because he couldn't get along with Ethel Waters. They butted heads. Ah. And I was like, that does not sound surprising. But also, apparently, Ethel Waters was was quite a character. Ah. So, it, yeah. Um, we'll get into it next week. Okay. Pinky. Right, I'm not going to, I don't look up what movies are about before I watch them. If okay. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Going into it blind. I go into it blind. <clears throat> well, listeners, we hope you are enjoying our Black History Month. And we will um, be talking to you next week. Well, there you go. Okay.